What is up, people? It is EJ Stewart. This is New Generation Hero Talk. We got plenty to get to on this show because it's a special episode. It is our Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 Recap Review Show. So we'll be giving you guys our thoughts on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Just came out in theaters this past weekend. I've seen it. Sham's seen it. Kendall's seen it. So you'll get all our thoughts and reactions to this latest Marvel film. A film that I think... I, I didn't get to actually see the final box score. I'll make sure... I mean, y'all, box score, Jesus. I'm still in Knicks land. I've seen another Knicks loss in the playoffs. Um, I didn't get to see the box office uh, numbers. I'll pull that up uh, in a bit. But um, I feel like this movie is getting a lot of buzz. Uh, we know the buzz has been pretty positive, at least from the critics, prior to the release. I think since the movie's come out, as you see the Rotten Tomatoes score kind of holding serve and, and the fan score being pretty, pretty high, it feels like... Right now, Guardian seems like a critical success. So, very curious to hear what my guys guys say about it. Joining me are, as I said, Kendall Shamari, beginning with Sham. Sham, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Marvel, you talked about it. You felt like they really needed to get a movie to hit. You've been talking about how mid-Marvel has been for a while now. So, very interested to hear your thoughts on the direction of Marvel with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 now. Uh, now out in theaters yeah it's out we have seen it um of course happy to be on the show with you guys as always um yeah another review another movie review it's such a you know kind of a flagship thing on our show of course as always um but yeah i feel like i feel like with this one marvel hit it with this one you know i think they hit it with this one this is a very very good movie um you know I have very, very few complaints and none, none, no major complaints. It was a very good movie. I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed myself watching it in the theater. Um, even thinking about when I was watching the movie now, I'm just, just, I enjoyed watching the movie. It was a good movie. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, so yeah, I have I have positive positive feelings about it. But, um, but yeah, we'll see if this can kind of kind of help turn Marvel around, so to speak. Um, but yeah, this, I thought this was a good one. Yeah, it'll be interesting to hear a conversation regarding the fact that you know Shawari liking this movie, but this being James Gunn's last movie with Marvel, so that presents an interesting uh, situation for uh, Marvel. Kevin Feige, Kendall joins us here as always, and Kendall, the the word was that the projections for Guardians of the Galaxy was something between one twenty and one forty. Then, as we saw, kind of a it's hard to call it a lag because very few movies can make $118 million. But when we saw some bit of a lag in the first few days, uh, it was it became evident that perhaps those projections Marvel was not going to reach. Final tally, domestically, $118 million for Guardians first weekend. Not bad, uh, but it is short of expectation. So you do have that coming in, despite this, is a movie, despite this being a movie that had pretty good word of mouth coming in. So, any thoughts on that before we get to the review of this uh, of this movie, Kendall? Um, yeah, I mean, this feels like one of those where, like, I don't know if the box office is. I mean, there's always so many different factors. Obviously, when it comes to box office, sometimes it's not. It's out of the the hands of the director. It's out of the hands of the studio in terms of, um, you know. The, you know, James Gunn can only worry about how good the movie's gonna make, you know, or how good the movie's gonna be, how, how good of a movie he can make. He can't necessarily worry too much about box office, but, um, but you know, but when it comes to, uh, 
you know, that number particularly, you think about outside of the basic, like the basic stuff of, you know, word of mouth and stuff like that. I wonder if, you know, we're, we're starting to hit that. I hate to use the term we use it all the time, the, the, the superhero fatigue. I don't think it's superhero fatigue, but is, is it, you know, is it where, you know, Marvel's brand is at a point now where it's not going to be automatic. We're making a billion dollars every movie just because we're Marvel. And uh, are we seeing it, you know, people that are just saying, I don't have to run out to see this movie. You know, even if people are saying it's a very good movie, I don't necessarily have to run out to see it. And I don't know if that, if that is now like, you know, we're starting to get the catch up to that and Marvel, you know, a movie like this could wind up helping the Marvels or could wind up helping, um, you know, Fantastic Four or whatever other, Captain America, New World Order, whatever our next batch of movies are, is. Um, so yeah, there's so many different things that could that could impact that, but um, you know, again, the the people working on this movie, especially these people, knowing that for a lot of them it's the last time you'll see them working on a Marvel uh, set, you know, at least the the, the on screen talent and James Gunn, uh, they're not. I don't think they're too worried about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they're worried too much about it. And again, like. You know, it's not like this movie made, you know, 70 million or, you know, 60 million. 100%. Like, like, you know, 118 million is a pretty good opening. And maybe it is short of expectations. You know, they were looking at something like 130, 140. But, um, but 118 is not bad. And the other thing to think about, too, is, and I'm not, I'm not trying to make this a, a shoot Marvel Bale segment. I'm just being honest. Like, I do think because this movie has such good word of mouth, at least it appears unlike what we saw in Ant-Man where you had a really great opening weekend and then a crater that happened. I don't know if you'll see that same crater this week, though. That'll be curious to see. I'm sure we'll talk about it next week. Like, you know, if it is a massive drop in the box office, maybe this is okay. Like, is this something we could say regarding, um, uh, you know, uh, superhero fatigue? Like we'll, we'll know that better next week, but that is something I think that would be interesting to follow terms of what happens with the box office but 118 domestic is the is the opening for for guardians of the galaxy and this is our review so again spoiler review of guardians of the galaxy so like all of our review episodes if you have not watched guardians of the galaxy and you do not want to be spoiled then this is your fair warning right here that perhaps this is not the podcast for you to listen to come back after you've seen the movie check it out Tell us what you think. You could tweet us. You could do whatever. Um, but then maybe don't listen to this right now. Uh, if you don't care about spoilers, you want to just listen to the conversation, and maybe you want to be informed of whether or not you want to actually see the movie, then by all means, uh, listen to the podcast and hope you enjoy. Um, uh, but, but of course, if you watch the movie, then sit back, relax. It should be a fun discussion. So with that being said, let's begin. Let's talk about this movie, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. Uh, of course, directed by James Gunn, written by James Gunn. Uh, starring Chris Pratt, Zoe Zaldana, Dave Bautista, Karen Gillan, uh, Palm Klimatev, uh, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, Voices of Groot and Rocket, um, Will Poulter, Sean uh, Gunn, uh, Chukwiti Iwuji, um, who played the, the High Evolutionary, and so we'll have plenty of conversations about that character. Overall, a pretty star-studded cast. My opening thoughts, uh, I thought that this was a fantastic movie. I really did. Uh, when I think about some of the problems we had with Marvel of late, 
I think I, I, there, are, there, I could see where people would be, be, I could see where people may poke holes in the things they did not like or them maybe feeling like maybe this was a movie that went a little too far with some of the disturbing images and, and, and the gore in the movie. This is a PG-13 movie, but they really pushed the envelope when it came to that stuff. I think when you think of trying to emote emotion, uh, trying to uh, build true character arcs, um, trying to finish character arcs that began in the first movie and completing them in this movie... I did this hit on pretty much all cylinders. Uh, this was, I thought, a really, really emotional, dark film, but a film that still had a lot of heart. You could really tell there was no kind of... Um, everything you felt like was done deliberately. You know, there wasn't a lot of shortcuts being taken. To some degree, maybe that was to his detriment, maybe a little bit, because I think if there was the only thing I, I would point to that maybe... I thought the runtime was a little long in this one. Um because of how dark it is, it's heavy to have a 250 minute, uh, or to me a 150 minute runtime. But all in all, man, um, this movie was highly emotional for me. I was tearing up multiple times uh, through the journey of Rocket, learning about his backstory and his his you know relationship with the High Evolutionary, and how those characters, both you know that he meets in the prison in the past, how they interact with him, and then how the characters who his new family, the people that are trying to save him, you know, uh, star Lord and, um, and Nebula and seeing their emotions and, and their, you know, all the things they're going through while also trying to save their friend. It was just a kind of a twofold, <laughs> twofold thing of emotion, you know? So, um, I really enjoyed this film. I'm very curious. We hear what my guys got said on Shamari was pretty, uh, says he was pretty excited about it. So I do want to ask Kendall first, what are your overall thoughts uh, on the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three movie. Uh, overall thoughts is, um, I mean, I thought that this is this was exactly the kind of movie Marvel needed. Um, you know, it it may not have been that in terms of you know the exact characters or whatever, but in terms of just you know Marvel needing to get a double. Get in scoring position, get get a runner in scoring position. That's how it felt like. Like maybe this movie's not you know a top three for a Marvel movie of all time, but it it felt like the kind of movies that we're used to seeing when it comes to Marvel Studios. Um, you know, I think you talk about um, you know how it impacts uh, or how it's how how the legacy. Of, I mean, this trilogy is viewed. I mean, we're having conversation. People are having conversations about where does this stack up amongst uh, the trilogies that we've seen in Marvel Studios. We'll talk about that probably near the end. But um, this movie, in, in, individually, I thought was 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 really really good. Um, I agree with you. I had some 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 minor nitpicks, and we'll get to all of that. But um, but I think that uh, this is a movie that. Um, you know, just at, at its best, I, I think, uh, just did a really good job of, of reminding you why the Guardians of the Galaxy are a are a top tier brand. You know, and, you know, with with Disney, you know, and Marvel Studios in particular. Yeah, and I, I tell you what, as you know, knowing that the Guardians team has changed, though, there is an eye towards the future, given the stuff we saw in the post credit scenes. You know, it does feel like a, a kind of a bold decision, given how good this movie was, to say that we're doing a different Guardian scene. Now, some of that may have been kind of 
uh, they had no choice, you know. Dave Batista is saying, I'm not coming back. And some of these other people are saying, I don't want to work with somebody that's not showing, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, you know, uh, Gunn, James Gunn. And, you know, then you kind of have to kind of work with what he got. But, um, but Sham, you mentioned how you thought this was a really good movie. What stood out to you? And what were some of the, the high points for you that made you say this was a, 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 a win for Marvel? Um, pretty much all the humor landed. There were very, very few, if any, cringy type of moments. Um, there was no trolling, which, you know, anyone that's listening to the show has known. I, I, I complain about it almost at least once a show. And there was none of that here. There was no trolling, no hinting. Oh, maybe you'll see this character you've been wanting to see. I'll tell you what, there was a half second in that first scene when uh, Nebula stabs uh, Adam Warlock that I, I thought I was being trolled, and I was about to get really upset. <laughs> right? Yeah, that would that would have been one because we heard so much about the High Evolutionary being the main villain, even though they they had been teasing Adam Warlock for a while that. But knowing that he'd be in this movie, so I was like, all right, well, how is this all going to work? And it ended up working out really well. But when I saw that happen, I was like, oh, are they really just going to say, oh, they, they beat Adam Warlock and that's it? Like, I was going to really be upset about that. Luckily, that was not the case. Yeah, but I was like, no, I don't think Marvel's that crazy. Even I, like, when that happened, I was like, I agree with you. I was the perhaps I was like, what? And I was like, no, he's not. They, they wouldn't do that. I was like, they're not that crazy. They're not just going to, you know, or at least James Gunn isn't that crazy. Say what you will about everybody else at Marvel, but James Gunn, I don't think is that crazy. He's not just going to do that. And he didn't. So, but yeah, that worked out. But yeah, there was no trolling. Um, there and the action, all the action was great. Adam Warlock's action was great. Even that beginning scene was fantastic. Um, and he was funny throughout. And the action was great. Uh, the story was great. Just in terms of the, like you said, the emotion. Um, you know, with Rocket's backstory and uh, and um, and you know, I thought um, the High Evolutionary was great, it was crazy, menacing, um, you know, and and he had a hallway fight, which I'm sure we'll get to. But there was a hallway. Oh scene. yeah, I didn't even think I was gonna get a hallway scene in Guardians of the Galaxy, but I got a hallway scene, and it was fantastic. And it, and I think it, I think it's on. Uh, maybe the Mount Rushmore of hallway scenes. That was a great hallway scene. Yeah, Daredevil's blushing uh, seeing that scene. I mean... Yeah, that that scene is on the Mount Rushmore of uh, action sequences in the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, in my opinion. And that might be Prisoner of the Moment. I don't have a list. Yeah, like we've seen... Like we've seen event... We've seen... Yeah, we've seen like, what, four Avenger movies? Uh, I don't know if there's a better action sequence from any event oh, new york obviously is incredible right i mean but like one sequence you know what i'm saying like there right, are there, are, there are moments yeah. there are moments in the battle of new york that are great there are moments in endgame obviously that are great but i mean like a team up sequence lasting that long i mean i'm maybe you could find and something the, in end uh, maybe you can find something in endgame but like i don't know maybe you could say thor coming out uh saying bring me thanos like i maybe I don't know. It's, it's gonna be tough to find Avengers scenes that match up to that to me. Yeah, I mean, and then you throw in the the no sleep till Brooklyn. Oh man, score. perfect yeah, use, man. perfect use it's of that slam song. dunk. Yeah, perfect, perfect use yeah. of the Beastie Boys there. 
uh, from James Gunn, who has effectively used mu- music in this, you know, as well as anybody. Yeah, this seen. trilogy is as well as any director we've seen maybe ever. Um, and, and I, I love, I love it because as a person who loves music, I, I love that he's embraced that, and it's just very slippery slope to do that because it's very you can very quickly get into music video mode trying to do that kind of thing musical. like yeah yeah like because we saw like with you know suicide squad one like that thing looked like a music video <laughs> the way they incorporated music and stuff like it just it didn't work you know what i'm saying like everything looked like it were highlight reels like that the way he's used music the way he's using that scene um perfect it actually kind of reminded me a little bit of a very different scene but it reminded me a little bit of uh x-men uh, days of future past the quicksilver scene um, which also effectively used music really well. Um, uh, yep. when they they with all those guys, uh, the guards, and they're all shooting. A very different scene, very different music, but like very similar effectiveness. Um, so yeah, that that scene. I mean, I know we jumped right to it, but that is a, it's a show-stopping scene. It's a scene where you sit there and you're like, "This is awesome. This is why I love Marvel." Like, I like, and, and I think sometimes watching these movies. Like, you know, it's, again, there are some things I liked in all these movies. There are some movies I liked during this Phase 4, Phase 5 that people have complained about. But I don't know if I had a moment in any of these movies I've watched. There's some stuff in probably Black Panther Wakanda Forever. And, yeah, and maybe some stuff. I did like uh, Doctor Strange. But, like, that, like I don't know if I had a moment where I said, wow, this is why I love this. Like, this looks like what I would watch in a cartoon when I was a kid. Or this is what it looked like reading a comic book in my teenage yeah, college. Yeah, like, like, if you play like this, the, this is, like, looks like what I've always wanted to see in live action. Yeah. And, like, the fact that they gave us that, it's, 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 it shows how much Marvel Marvel's kind of missed the mark that I didn't have those feelings for so long. Since then, yeah, if you... If you played the the Guardians of the Galaxy game or you watched the Guardians of the Galaxy cartoon or, you know, I mean, it's been a brand that they've obviously tried to push for a long time. Like that, that scene felt like, you know, peak Guardians of the Galaxy right there. Absolutely. um, Again, there are some, like you said, there are times where Marvel has missed some of that because they're trying to do so much. And that's why I think this movie succeeded is that I don't feel like they were trying to do, tell some sort of, save the world, you know, you know, this planet's about to end, or, you know, this mega villain is trying, it, it was very contained, it was, um... For a story that was juggling a lot, it was very simple. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, the story was, like, it's juggling Peter trying to deal with this Gamora, you know, feelings. Gamora trying to push back on people wanting her to be the, the, the old Gamora. Uh, you know, the, the Rocket's whole back, backstory, these flashbacks that keep showing us. Um, you know, uh, everything with Drax and, and, uh, and, and what's the name? Um, Mantis. Like, they're all uh, like, character driven narratives. It was, right. It wasn't so much about, like, how many, they were, I just feel like even in the, like, like, Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania, you know, it had, there were obviously character arcs with everybody, but it just didn't feel like they were nearly as important. As like anything else happening with Kang, which is which you know maybe it should have been, but yeah, it was an animated movie, and you're like, <laughs> I don't care about anything involving any of these characters except Kang, you know, and I think that that that's where this movie succeeded is it made you it reminded you why you care about these characters so much. Um, I didn't think I'd, I I mean I'd mentioned before this 
when we did our podcast last week going into this movie that Rocket's my favorite member of the, of the Guardians, you know, and I thought it'd be a Rocket Raccoon movie, and it, 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 it obviously that that's what it is, but he's not in it in terms of the 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 main timeline, you know, a lot. And if you would have told me that going in, I would have been like, ah, I don't know how I feel about you know Rocket being in a coma the whole movie, you know. <laughs> but they, but the way it's they a bold, it's a it's a bold, it's it, a bold move, yeah. It, it, you know, I feel like anybody that's a Rocket fan got what they wanted, which is which is what, what is his story? How did he get there? You know, what is his background? And it allowed him to, you know, have the full circle thing with his character along with everybody else. That um, that I think that you know anybody could have wanted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I I agree. I mean, Rocket is 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 my favorite as well, and either uh, either Rocket or Drax. But like, yeah, I, I think that in some ways, this like elevated his character. Like like even though the present day Rocket was a lot of this, oftentimes you said kind of incapacitated. This did more for his character than really anything we saw in any other movie and he played a big part in all these movies um but like i mean what let's talk about that that aspect of it like the 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 callbacks to rocket's past which you know begin even before he gets incapacitated it starts with him waking up um and then he gets attacked by you know in a, in a dream where he's thinking about lila and all his friends but like and then it, uh it, you know after he gets attacked by adam warlock comes in and and, and you know critically injures him and sends him into essentially a coma, that's where we get kind of a full kind of backstory of Rocket and we learn of, of his time and, and how he was essentially created by the High Evolutionary. Um, so we see these scenes, High Evolutionary looking very different, not weird and stretch-faced, and we learn why later on um, in these older scenes. But uh, regular High Evolutionary with, you know, regular, you know, <laughs> no Dark Caesar, uh uh, picks Rocket out of a bunch of you know test raccoons and had gives him some obvious, uh, really disturbing you know treatments and experiments that lead to Rocket you know being an advanced intelligence and he's thrown in with the other lab uh, experiments that he has and you see some of the disturbing experiments he's done with these other characters that we're introduced to so we're introduced to uh, Lila who's an otter, who has no arms, has robotic arms. We have uh, Teefs, who's like a walrus, but has like wheels for legs. And um, and then we have uh, Floor, who's a bunny, but has been greatly altered through, uh, you know, cybernetics and things of that nature. And, it, you know, it's a very sad, dark thing to kind of see Rocket in this, in this moment. You know, even though these are dark times for him, you know, he doesn't even know what the hell's going on. All of a sudden, he can talk and... He's met with these three. These three really kind of comfort him during this time. And we slowly kind of mature with Rocket through the years. First voiced by, you know, the Kid Rocket is voiced by Sean Gunn, who did a tremendous job in those scenes as Kid Rocket. And, you know, these four characters, you know, form a bond. And, you know, through it, we also see the High Evolutionary, you know, seeking Rocket's, you know, help with why some of his experiments aren't working. Um, we learn he's trying to build counter earth with, you know, essentially animals that have been um, uh, that that have been sped up through the through the stages of evolution to be walking, talking, you know, highly intelligent beings. And it's Rocket who actually solves the problem, which sends the 
high evolutionary into a rage, but uh, but does indeed help kickstart the counter earth that we didn't learn about. So um, through this, we kind of see one rocket, you know, explain to us why his name, why he calls himself rocket, why his name is rocket. And it's him, you know, seeing, uh, you know, in the building of counter earth while he's talking to the high evolutionary, seeing the, uh, seeing rockets go off, you know, into the, into the distance and, then when he's talking and all the characters are, you know, all the animals are giving themselves names, he gives himself Rocket because he wants to fly around with his friends and, and fly into the skies uh, in a rocket. And it's like, I mean, these scenes, like, are very emotional and they're very, I mean, it's touching, but, like, you know this is all through a very painful and dark experience. So what did you guys feel about those scenes in the cells, the, the flashback sham? Like, how... How effective were those, do you feel, in, in forwarding Rocket's story and letting us know who he is? Uh, they were super effective. Um, it took up a good chunk of the movie, and though they all, and not once did I feel like, why are we, we here again? Yeah. What? Which very easily could have been the case, but it was never the case. It was never the it's, case. It, it was actually, it was never the case, and in some ways, I dreaded going back there only because I knew it was a good chance there was going to be more yeah. pain and suffering and more yeah. um, disturbing things. But it yeah. wasn't because it wasn't effective. Right. Yeah. It was, boy. Yeah, it was very, very emotional. Very, is a very well-told story. Um, yeah, it was just really, really well done. Um, all the acting performances, just well-written. Just really, really well-written. Um, though one, one critique, if I had to give one critique, um, it, there was a lot of spent time spent on it to the point where at some points I was like, man, they're doing the, it felt a little bit like the Pixar, you know, where it's like, man, you're just, you're trying really hard. To get <laughs> trying things. to get me, trying to get the tears out of you. Right trying now. to get you. Well, they worked. Congratulations. It worked, it worked on know, me. Like, so well done. You know, it's like, man, you're trying so hard. You know, just like, no, this is a really horrible, sad tale. And it's like, man, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I mean, look, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, I think, you know, I feel like this is a movie I it didn't affect me in terms of like, um, you know, it, but I did. But I, I feel like this is a movie that probably probably could use like a trigger warning or just uh, something just to, to, to tell people. Yeah, I think so, too. What they were getting into. Yeah, um, they definitely. Because the first two Guardians movies are so, I mean, they obviously there's there's, there's dark elements in, in most of these movies, but uh, but they're so comedic that like I you know, and for the most part animal friendly that you you know yeah right that, that if you didn't know what you were getting into which again the way this movie I almost felt like I almost felt like all the comic relief with Cosmo in this in this movie was like almost a makeup for everything we were seeing in the flashbacks because they really leaned on Cosmos comedy on everything every scene in nowhere you know i think it's almost to say like hey here's a dog that's not being tortured or whatever and we're gonna give you just full and and, and i'll give them the and then give cosmo like the win essentially by helping them save all those experiment people all the people that were on uh on uh what's name what's name ship Mm -hmm. and and then you know and i think that they also made the conscious decision like we're not gonna i mean however you feel about it we're not gonna have any any dogs be a part of any of these experiments or any cats or anything so that anybody nobody has any yeah there were no animal there were i mean some people have bunnies but like 
Right, right. But very right, few but for people. The, ma- the, the masses. Most people don't have either, any of those animals as pets. Um, yeah, I and I know. Yeah, and I know PETA has come out in support of the movie, saying that yeah. this is I'm like, this is. I don't listen to PETA for my. <laughs> I know. I'm just. I'm, 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 I'm just saying what happened, right? But PETA's <laughs> saying that you know it's important to highlight animal cruelty and things that happen, and yeah, I, I kind of. Yeah, I wish there was a way they could have did something to to maybe show that. I don't know. Maybe as of right before the movie starts, just you know, show a thing saying you know. You don't even have to say this is going to be tough for people who like animals, but maybe just something, just showing like a PETA logo, even. It's just like, hey, you know, just to kind of highlight you, like, what's going to happen. Like, uh, just like they do, or, or like right after a, a scene, maybe show like this is something with animal cruelty, you know? Like, just they like they do in like episodes of various shows. It's tough to do that in the movie, yeah. so I, I get how tricky it is, but yeah, I think if you have zero idea of what this movie's going to be, it could be very hard to watch. Um, yeah, and then just kids in general. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. I mean, it's, it's, not PG, really hard, you know, it's a PG thirteen movie, so kids can be there. But yeah, yeah it, it's 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 definitely a lot. Um, so again, Rocket, we see how brilliant he is, and I, I, I really like that they highlighted that too, because like Rocket is so kind of like he's so kind of flippant about like how he's able to make all this stuff and know everything. That we kind of don't think about his intelligence, but like seeing him like as a as a you know he's like yeah, a, he's a savant. he's a child prodigy basically like yeah. seeing them highlight that from like the get go and to show like hey this is a extremely high level intelligence being he's probably one of the most intelligent people in the Marvel cinema or you know, right uh, beings as if people one does beings in the Marvel Cinematic Universe I, I like that they really highlighted that the fact that he he had grown to an intelligence higher than the, the high evolutionary when it came to figuring out the right. reason why his experiments were failing. That was, I think, again, I think this did a really good job of, like, you know, explaining everything about Rocket. Like, you know, when you first watch the first movie, like, why the hell is this raccoon, you know, knows all this stuff about ships and, and technology and he's shooting guns? Like, how could he do all this? Like, like they really fully, fully gave you an explanation to all of that. Like, this... And even, like... Some of the early and it's crazy because like I got I really got to watch Galaxy one and Guardians one and two because like one he has some moments especially one he's really kind of ornery um you know he gets very angry and he has some scenes and some and some stuff where you know, like he he talks he's speaking from a level of pain and we know it's from his past but you don't know exactly what but if you look at you listen to some of the words he was saying in those scenes like, I think there's one scene with him and Drax where they're arguing. And you know, you know, because they're in, on one of these planets, and Drax, you know, causes problems, and him and what's them going after it, and I think he tells you know Drax like you can't just go out there just like randomly, like just like punching everything and anything, anybody, and not caring what the results are, like that can get people killed, and like we don't, we don't, we know he has dark past, but at that time we don't know what he's talking about, but like literally, like him like shooting at a bunch of random people. You know, guards got his friends killed, you know? It's not his fault, obviously, but, like, that pain he has, like, comes from, like, these scenes that we're now seeing here in 2023. That movie came out, what, 2015 or whatever? Like, like to me, I, I really think that Gunn really wrote that first movie with a lot of this movie in mind. Like, that's what's really great. And I think that's why this movie succeeds so much. Because so much of what we've seen well, with Marvel sequels is, like, them, like, having a plan and then saying, oh, you know what? We're just going to well, do you, this. Because why you not? You want to know what that is, EJ? 
it's it's me and Jamari talk about it with Star Wars a lot. And Jamari, you probably know where I'm going with this. But when you're making a trilogy of movies, and it's why this trilogy stacks up amongst any of the Marvel ones, is maybe the best ever, uh, depending on who you ask. But when, you, when you're making a trilogy of movies, ideally you want the same person who made the first movie to make the second and the third. Yep. And this 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 trilogy, you know, James Gunn can have that idea for Rocket. And I don't feel like you said, I don't feel like that was that movie was made, you know, you know, eight years ago, however long ago it was. And I don't feel like and I and I feel like this was this was the end game for no no pun intended for these for this character the entire time because like you said, when he wrote the first movie, he probably had a concept of this is what I think happened to Rocket in his past, similar to George Lucas with the original Star Wars movies. Uh, with the recent Star Wars movies, we had three different people. Well, we had two. It was supposed. To, it was originally supposed to be three. It ended up being two. But you go from one person to the second person, back to the first person. Marvel. You know, you've dealt with that with Marvel, where you've had one person make Captain America one, then another guy make you know, then other two other guys make two and three. You know, you have uh, Iron Man with you know three different directors like that. That you know can can affect uh, that can affect the 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 overall continuity of a trilogy when you're viewing these movies as trilogies. But if you're not if you're viewing them, and that's the thing about you know Captain America, Captain America's one, two, and three. I mean, I think you know as a whole probably wind up being the best, but you know they're not like. They're totally different movies, you know. So it's like these movies, these Guardians movies, are very similar to each other. They're 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 telling a similar story. They're not connected to some other movie, you know, or they're not trying to set something up. You know, you could argue the first one had a little bit of Thanos stuff, but for the most part, it was all, you know, it all had its it all it all they all intertwined for the most part pretty cleanly. Um, so that's 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 ultimately I think a, a testament to James Gunn and a testament to that formula of, of, of movie making working. But I also think, and that's, that's all really true, but I think some of it too is also the risk. I don't know if it's a respect. It may just be James Gunn putting his foot down, but so much of also like, like they're not being like Kevin Feige and Marvel executives being like, Hey, like we got to set up yep, this big thing. Well. So here you got to change your story. Cause there we've had, we haven't had anyone do one movie, a whole trilogy, but we have had, guys do you know people do multiple movies in a trilogy or multiple movies yeah. uh, multiple sequels with the problem being like oh well we just got spider-man so hey throw spider-man in there you know and i love civil war i'm not this is not a criticism of civil war but i'm just saying like those kind iron of things man 2, you know favreau couldn't make iron man 2 like iron man 1 because they, they had to set up the avengers you know yeah or hey uh you know taika waititi like i know i don't know what you were thinking about doing for thor 4 but thor's with the guardians figure it out <laughs> you know, you know, like you know, what I'm saying, like, like, like that kind of stuff never really happened with James Gunn. I don't know. The only thing I think probably would have been a curveball would have been maybe the Gamora thing. But he was so involved with Infinity War, he very well may have like he may he may well very well been a part of that. I don't know. But besides that, like his characters and his stories have been pretty much how they want. And Rocket has never been touched. In fact, maybe he told him, "Look, I don't care what you do with anybody else. Do not touch Rocket." So, like Rocket survived the snap. Like he survived. Like, he's never. He's never had any anything happen to him. So, and maybe that was in part because maybe Jenkins said, "Hey, don't mess with this because I have 
an extremely important story to tell, and I'm glad that they didn't mess with it. I'm glad that he put his foot down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's... I think you're right about that as well. I mean, the less um, outside kind of interference and outside, you know, maybe not tampering, but, you know, just just less, like, just clear outside fingerprints from, like, the rest of Marvel, the better when it comes to their projects. When you can see it's just one person's vision, um, that's the best situation. Um so yeah, so th- that I think that helped this as well, and I agree with Kendall having one director throughout, just letting them tell their story. Um, you know, especially when it's someone as talented as James Gunn, it's like let them tell their story, and we got to see that, and ultimately I think it was to our benefit um, because overall it's a great movie. It is a great movie. Um, so mm-hmm. let's talk about the High Evolutionary because that he. He's a big part of these flashbacks. He's a driver of this this story. Um, it starts with him. We learn, one, that he created the Sovereign people, which is why uh, they're involved with this and why Adam Warlock's involved with this. Essentially, uh, Adam Warlock's essentially a hitman. And it's all to get back uh, his what he sees as his property in his experiment, which is Rocket. We don't know why, but we learn towards the very end that it actually seems to be kind of for nothing. It seems to be kind of almost just like a, a individual vendetta uh, because of what Rocket did to him once he killed Lila, killed his friends. Um, you know, the scarring on his face that we thought was just not there even. Like we saw, uh, he saw he had like stretched skin. We realized that that was as Rocket put like a mask for the very damaged face he had. He looked like a, looked like a, a Two-Face in um, or Harvey Dent in, in, uh, in, in yeah. Dark Knight. You know, the rest last, yeah, the last time I seen anything very graphic. So this is a character that a lot of people have said has kind of raised, uh, uh, risen up the ranks of Marvel Cinematic Universe villains. Like, Sham, do you feel that way as well? Like, I thought he was really good. I think that it, it spoke. I, I, it's hard because, again, this is a very tough movie to watch at times. But I think seeing this guy be so cruel for essentially nothing for the sake of just being powerful, which I don't think we've really seen so much. Like Marvel's been so hell bent on having villains be, have some kind of cause that they could stand for or some kind of redeeming thing right. about them. Like, you know, ki- ki- Killmonger, Thanos, Namor, like, all, I mean, we're not going to see anybody on Twitter who say, actually, I think the high of a point. point. Yeah. You're not going to see that at all. No, even Gore the God Butcher, like they're like. I mean, I don't know. Those first guys kind of sucked. Like he, I kind of see why he decided. Like he, he lost his daughter. Like you know, and they didn't save him. Like all these guys had some kind of play. Like this was a villain that didn't have any. He might be the most sadistic. Yeah, right. He might and be he's the most pure evil villain that we've seen in the MCU. Is that? Do you think that that had anything to do with why he was successful in this role? And do you think that he is one of those top tier villains of Marvel? Uh, that they produce. Um, I think that I think that is part of why he's successful. You know, there wasn't all this. It wasn't like so much un- beneath the surface. Um, you know, it was very powerful, very menacing, um, and it was very, very well acted. I think that's another big part of uh, why this villain was so successful. I wouldn't put him on a Mount Rushmore necessarily for me, even though Marvel hasn't. 
I mean, he might be there by default, but not because, because just because purely because Marvel's had. Such does a does bad. Marvel have a Mount Rushmore? Or is it just like yeah, really honestly, know, or is it just is like it a monument? That's is a real question. Is it just Thanos? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I mean I've seen people I've seen people say this guy is in the Mount Rushmore, and a lot of the images have included Thanos, Killmonger, and. Killmonger. Somebody, somebody had Namor. I seen some people put some other people. Namor. Yeah, I don't know. See again that, but that says it right there. You know, like. I mean, honestly, like, I'm playing Green even Goblin. Like a villain, kind of. I mean. Yeah, Namor no, that, that yeah, that someone had Green Goblin as well. Like that was the three. Um, yeah. So that person, that person didn't have Goblin. Killmonger, and I think someone said you should switch Killmonger for Namor. I think or something like that. Yeah. See, like that's and those are people. You know, Green Goblin and Namor. We just met. So before then, it was like nobody. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna good. say that's not a good thing. I mean, yeah, yeah. And, and then Thanos. These are all like 2017 and beyond, 2018 yeah. and beyond, basically. Just, we didn't even know Thanos that long. So yeah. yes, um, yeah. we had a whole phase before we even met Thanos. So like, yeah, we we uh, yeah, Marvel's got a villain problem. So he might be there by default, but I don't think he was like just a just a you know Heath Ledger type. You know, I, like I I don't think I don't think so. But he was good. It was a good villain. Um. It, it was a very good villain for this movie. I, Talk about it, the performance. I, I just want to ask you guys. Yeah. There, there's a, there's a, there's a, a, a movement now for Iwuji to yeah, play. Kang. Yeah. It, it, it's, that, that have high evolutionary was just a variant of Kang the whole time. Uh, I yeah. don't know how I feel about that. You know, but just you know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I, I'm not on board with that. It just looks so. That just sounds so goofy, and like it just <laughs> like it just seems very convenient, man. It's like, oh, isn't that a black guy with purple? Like, why can't we just throw? Like, I don't know. Like, yeah, like, I, yeah I, I, it could probably work. It could probably it could probably work. I just I don't, I don't know. I just hope they would find another solution. And I think that that is also like, I, and I don't want to say that it'd be like overrating a Wuji or underrating majors, but more so just the sense that like. Whatever issues, you know, whatever. I mean, it may not even be people that had issues with Kane, but like, if you thought that High Evolution was better than Kane, I think a lot of it was story based rather than like performance based necessarily. Although, again, I thought Iwuji did a great job for himself. I wouldn't, I'm not going to be running to say we got to replace Majors with Iwuji for anything other than off the field reasons, obviously. But uh, I don't even think he was better than Majors necessarily. Um, yeah, that's just in terms of, I don't know if just I talking better. acting, you know, like I. I really like Majors' as Kang performance. Um, I, totally I like Majors' as Kang performance too. In it's in not necessarily as him as Kang, but I get the Wuji as high evolutionary after seeing it, you know, and you know, see he's in, he's in Designated Survivor and he was in obviously Peacemaker, he's in Peacemaker as well. Um, you know, you can definitely see, yep, you know what James Gunn you know wanted. I mean, his character in Peacemaker is kind of similar to the high evolutionary yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah, I mean, you see why he's per- he was perfect for this role. I mean, it's like he's already seen a version of this character, though not evil per se, do this. So it, it was it was now this is like imagine if that character in Peacemaker went full full heel. Like this is essentially who he would be. So other important things in this in this movie were the you know kind of where things are with Peter Quill. So this whole thing kind of starts because Quill is drunk in the bar and is not, you know, kind of helpful when uh, Warlock, in you know, comes shows up on nowhere. And this whole movie is in him once they end up getting the help of Gamora, try to help them get uh, 
get the information needed to save Rocket because they learned that Rocket has a kill switch that doesn't allow them to actually try to operate on him, which kind of leads this whole journey that they're on to try to find who created Rocket because Rocket doesn't say anything to them. He's never said anything about where he's from, and, and that kind of leads the journey. How do you feel about Quill's journey? I think for me, I kind of felt like they started a little weird with him. Like, I don't know if I loved him being in the state he was to start the movie. Because I felt like maybe I shouldn't have taken him a stock into the holiday special. But I felt like the holiday special was supposed to be, like, part of the thing that's supposed to move him beyond feeling all sad. Now, I know maybe they can't assume everybody's watched the holiday special. But it almost feels like all the work of Drax and Mantis to get Kevin Bacon and everything almost feels like for not as you begin this movie because Peter Quill is like in the exact same position. Maybe even worse, actually, uh, than he was even in, in that holiday special. So, um, but he gets to kind of be with Gamora and seeing him play off of Gamora, this new Gamora that's now been running with the Ravagers all these years. Uh, Sham, what did you think of, of, of Star-Lord's journey in this film? Um, I thought his journey was. I thought it was good. I thought. I thought I liked uh, his journey throughout this film. It was. It was good to kind of have that, that, that uh, closure with Gamora throughout the film. Um, I, I mean, I, I thought a lot of his scenes were pretty funny, honestly. Uh, and and he always is has is his great comic relief. I mean, Chris Pat. Chris Pratt is practically made for this role. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was Star Lord was great in this movie, and then of course we see at the end of the movie and after credits with his dad or his grandpa rather um, dealt with his dad in the last movie, but his his uh, grandfather, um, um, and all that. But um, but yeah, I thought I thought I liked uh, Quill's journey in this movie, and it's interesting. This is a Guardians movie, but very not centered on him. Yeah. Very much more centered on Rocket, but I thought his his journey was good in the movie. It was it was uh, a lot of a lot of uh, humor, but then you know closure with the Gamora situation. So again, just wrapping up storylines neat with a, with a bow. So it, it was really good. Yeah, Kendall, how did you feel about how they 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 played off each other, Gamora and and Peter? Like in some ways, it felt like Nebula kind of was almost like a third wheel, so to speak in these actions as we kind of saw them interact with each other, you know, Peter Quill, you know, being unable to kind of like come to grips with, with, with Gamora is, but kind of learning to, as the movie went on, Nebula kind of willing to understand who this, uh, this Gamora is maybe because in some ways, like she was so spent so much time kind of as like a villain and a heel that maybe I think she was able to kind of connect with her a little more and understand this Gamora more. Cause she grew up with this Gamora, uh, rather than the Gamora that was with the Guardians, like she wasn't around that Gamora that much. So I think that's kind of why uh, she was able to maybe relate with her a little better. How did you feel about how those three played off each other? Yeah, I mean, I thought Chris Pratt did a pretty good job of what he was given. Um, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't the the biggest fan of the the all the, the Gamora, you know, the the Star Lord moping moping about Gamora kind of arc, but. Um, but again, I thought Pratt did a good job. I thought, uh, you know, Gillen did a good job. You know, Nebula, I thought she, she did a good job. And I thought Salbana did a very good job as Gamora. It wasn't really, it just, 
it was an awkward situation, and that is like we talked about with the with with you know that may that may have been one of the hands that Gunn was dealt, where he was just like, well, I got to make the best of what they did with Gamora, and we'll figure out uh, where we're going <laughs> with her character now. You know, and I think for what if, for, if that was the case, and he didn't have anything to do with it, then I feel like he he did a pretty good job with what he was given. But um, but yeah, no, I think that. Um, Honestly, if it it, it, she felt like a character that they almost had to put in just because they needed to close her chapter, like I almost feel like, and there was there was added stuff to it, and I think that's one of the reasons like she should be in it because it is the final chapter for this for this group, yeah. for this group, but like it's just not her. She it's just only it's only her in spirit. You know what I mean? So it's like a weird. Yeah. In some ways, I think like her presence was more to close Quills and Star Lords character arc rather than really because really this is almost like the beginning of Gamora's this Gamora's story arc like we hadn't seen her since uh right. Endgame right. so right. so so this so Which is, and we don't and we don't know this character that well so That's weird about her inclusion because because Saldana's is like she's already said I ain't doing another one so it's just like then why are you in this movie you know yeah but I think it's, it's kind of why because, yeah Last Guardians, and we, you know, we, like you said, we gotta close the chapter for Quill, and you can't, you can't end the group without Gamora, you know, if she's still out there somewhere. Um, so I, I, again, I, I totally get it. I, I don't, I'm not knocking anybody's performance or anything, but, um, but I, but I don't know. It was a little. I mean, it, it's not really what the movie's about, so it's not like it's not, it's not like even anything that I, that bothered me. It was just. A lower point, maybe. Yeah, I do think that, like, for for Star Lord's story, I think it, it was trying to kind of, I think, tell a tale of, you know, how to move on from Love Lost and try to, like, I think that that was the way, how they closed that, that was good, you know, to show, hey, you know, we can, you know, because, you know, this Gamora was so willing to not even embrace anything that had anything to do with the other Gamora. But I think that they, it was nice for both of them, I think, to kind of say, hey, we can you know, appreciate what we had while moving forward with whatever the rest of our life is going to be. And um, it's a story that anybody I think can relate to. And I think that that's what they tried to draw. And I think they did a pretty good job. Um, how, so how do we feel about kind of how this plot ended up unfolding as we kind of, uh, we have about maybe 10 minutes here. Like the, again, we learn that we, they, we, they eventually get to counter earth and, First of all, I, those, like, costumes, like, those suits, like, really, like, wore, like, they really grew on me as the movie went on. Like, seeing them, like, all in, like, a costume, it kind of made me give me, like, X-Men feel for, like, what that could look like if that ever were to happen. But, like... No, those they, are awesome, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're really badass. So, getting to Counter-Earth and pulling up to the, uh, to, uh, the what's the name, the high, uh, evolutionary, we have... Really, the first of several fight scenes, first in his chamber, that then spills out into the sky as he then, you know, once he realized that this is kind of for naught, blows up the, the earth that he had created and kind of shows just kind of how cutthroat this guy is and how much of a of a, of a power trip he's on. I mean, he, you know, he compares himself to God. He has a really good line about, uh, like, God didn't exist, so I showed up, something like that. I mean, <laughs> this guy was, he was dropping some bars in this movie. But, um... How do you feel how this how this how this plot the kind of last two hours kind of played out where you, you had um, 
them having to kind of escape this exploding planet while also getting inside the ship and saving all these people who were uh, on on his ship. The people that were being tortured. The kids that there were kids on there that made it even more disturbing. Because oh my god, now he is no, they weren't humans. I don't think, but they were some kind of other advanced uh, uh, beings on this on this uh, on this ship. How did you feel, Sharon, about how uh, the story played out as we kind of got towards the end of the film? Uh, I thought it was a good climax. Um, you know, things you can see things kind of coming to a head. I, I think I, I I think the point where I just got I just was like in just buckle up, get ready for the ride kind of moment was when he unleashed those like demon, um, those like cyborg, those like demon cyborg things. I was like, oh yeah, like locusts, Rock City Bebop. <laughs> yeah, or actually be about uh, you know robots. Um, you know those things at that point it was just mayhem. So it was it was quite a ride, just a crazy um, sequence. And then you know of course nowhere shows up and the Ravagers and it was just a great it was just a great uh, in the guard and the rest of the um you know the the uh, people on in on nowhere it was just a great sequence. Overall, it was just a great, great action sequence. Um, I think I agree with you, EJ. You can make the case it was probably maybe maybe a little a little bit long, um, especially with like the uh, the I'm going to call them Raptors for people that are Star Wars people, but they the Raptor like creatures that showed up with all the tentacles and whatnot and the teeth. Um, yeah, from from Guardians Two, um, that just showed up here and. Uh, that Mantis is able to control, and there were just extra things in there that, if I'm being honest, probably didn't quite need to be there. But yeah, but I think the was, stuff on Counter Earth yeah. probably took a little longer than it needed to. Yeah, it was just a little, a little long, but but it was good. I did not enjoy it, so I I, I thought it was a great climax. Kendall, how'd you feel about how the last act played out? Um. This uh, this was one where I was watching the movie and I sort of agree with you guys where I thought it almost played out a little bit kind of like the Batman where I, I thought the movie was gonna be mm. over when a they, couple when of times they, yeah there were some false finishes for sure yep. yeah you know and I'm just and I was like oh wait now we gotta go back and save like Drax and Mantis like why you know <laughs> right, like yeah. why can't they just stay you know like we, but and and, like, and, Quill, and Quill was like you because he kept saying what what do you mean we gotta go back or. What do you mean oh, that yeah. you guys didn't do this? Why didn't you stay on the ship? Like, you know, yeah, that happened a couple of times. And, and, and you know, it's, it's, it reminds me of the Batman where, you know, they, they you know, the flood and the, you know, fighting the Gotham Square Garden and all that, you know, where it, it, I I wonder if they put that, they just, they're putting stuff in just because, like you said, you want to expand the movie, add in more action sequences, make it more. You know, big budget Hollywood. You, they gave you a two hundred million dollar budget. You do what you use the money they give you. But, um, but yeah, that 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 was the only part of the last act or two where I was like, you know, it starts to overlap on itself a little bit. But, um, uh, the 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 one the one part of the plot, I don't know how you guys felt about it. I mean, there's the two the two arcs that 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 bothered me the, that. I, it bothered bothered was probably a strong word, but the two arts that I that I didn't like. Um Adam Warlock took a long time for me to, to grow on me. Uh really wasn't until the very end where I was just like, Yeah, you know what? I, I could I could live with this character. A little bit of a slow start. 
it just reminded me it's the his kind of character is always the characters in movies like this that I don't like and it's not necessarily his not necessarily the performance from Will Poulter is more so like he just doesn't have to be there and it just felt like he was in this movie just because like they needed they, to use Adam Warlock. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, they set something up and they were like, Well, <laughs> there's not really what we were gonna do with him, but you know, we gotta use yeah. him now. And yeah, you have to be the guy chasing him around, you know, on that, you know, the Emphis Ness from uh, Solo or Rogue, whatever movie that was. I guess it was Solo. But like, yeah, ha- Solo. <laughs> have to be the Emphis Ness character, having to be that, you know, the, uh, what was, uh, what was the guy from uh, Legends of Tomorrow? Forget oh, Kronos. Yeah, yeah it had to be the Chrono. <laughs> be the Chrono from Legends of Tomorrow. He's just a random person that's chasing him around. He shows up every, you know, ten scenes. Um, so I didn't love that. But then the other one that 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 I didn't love was, uh, you mentioned it earlier, EJ, the the the, the Cosmo and and, and Sean Gunn scenes. Yeah, Craglin. I just they just felt like you know James Gunn is trying to get his brother a job. You know, and, uh, Jennifer and Holland. Jennifer Holland was also in this movie, and she'll well, always have a his, job. His wife, but, yeah. But but yeah, but just yeah, staying in the same, yeah, staying in the in the whole get the family a job thing. Yeah, Where do you guys stand you know, on that? Because I've seen you know I've seen some people complain about it. Some people defend them. Like uh like uh who was it? It was uh I can't remember his name. One of the guys from Collider was like defending him hard on the Holland insertion and being like hey man like how many like people get these jobs who can't act like at least holland can act which is true but i just feel like that role was like could have been given to anybody it was very convenient that he just <laughs> put his wife in the movie the thing is look the thing about it is like i mean there's so there's nepotism in so many different industries it's not like it doesn't like really bother me it, but but it's just like it it it's it's one thing, but if, if it makes but sense. But this is extreme, though. I mean, your brother and your wife are in almost every project you do, and you're a a major picture. Yeah, it's like, like this is not just like this is not just normal nepotism. You gotta be real. Yes, and 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 it's 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 weird when it's it's not just that, but then it's, it's like we, yeah, I want to give my brother a job. Guardians one, that's fine, but like. He's got to be back in every movie, and by this point, now he's—I mean, he was a main, not a main character, but he was a part of the main cast in this movie. Like that, there's no, there's no justification for his character really even still being around, but certainly not like still having like major sequences centered around him. I just it, for a, a movie that had to juggle so many different things, like why is he? Why? Why did he have any lines? Why did he have any moments? You know, it, like I don't know that. That bothered it bothered me, and then obviously when you get to the 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 end credits, and they they have this new Guardians team, and I'm like, of course you got James Gunn's brother on there. Like, it, it, <laughs> well, it, I mean, it's just it, I mean, he's not doing any more Guardians movies, though. So, so. well, then that's what, I know, and isn't that like you know, isn't that the thing? It's like the guy is like, yeah, I'm retiring as GM, but. You know, I'm gonna have my son be the head coach. I'm hiring my son as head coach as my last act. Like, 
You know, it's just like <laughs> now Marvel. Kevin Feige's like, we already know they're gonna rip this so, up. Like, I don't even so know what uh, that guardian people. It's uh, Bob Knight at Texas giving his son. Yeah. What was his son's name? Yeah. I don't remember his son's name. Yeah, Pat Knight. Yeah, Pat, Pat Knight, Knight getting Pat Knight getting a job. <laughs> like it's, it's that's nasty work from James <laughs> putting that guy on the team. Like he's just one of the things where we're looking around, like who is this guy? <laughs> yeah, Craglin, uh, from my understanding, the conference has never been a member of the Guardians. He's always been a Ravager. So the fact that he's <laughs> now like a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy is like is interesting. Sham, I mean, do you feel bad about it, or do are you, you do you feel any way about it? About it is, it, yeah, I mean, yeah, anywhere you want to go, whether it be Holland's inclusion, whether it be, you know, Kendall mentioning his issue was that, and did you have an issue with the the the, the Cosmo and Kraglin stories? Like, I didn't, I didn't have an issue with them because I think the, the movie needed it. Like, if the movie is so dark, I think that without it, it's just like man, really heavy. And no, I, I, I mean, maybe because yeah. I'm a new dog owner, but I found like Cosmo's humor really. I mean, she was being very serious, but like I found. The dog's humor really funny. Like I, I found it hilarious. Yeah, I thought it was funny. No, I yeah. had no problem with that at all. I thought it was funny. Uh, to me, it was a welcome break. I yeah. agree with you. It was a welcome break from the very dark. Because, like you said, the rest of the movie is Rocket's in a coma. He's dying, or his backstory about his friends dying. And it's like, yeah. well, I mean, it's a very morbid uh, plot. To get away from that just a little bit is is good. Um, so. But yeah, I had no problem with that at all. Um, and when it comes to the nepotism, I feel—I mean, I don't know. It's—it's it's weird for sure. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know. It's one of those things where, as, as long as it's not like, you know, it's not—it's not like it's not like hurting the movies. Um, you know, they do a good job. It's not like they don't do a good job. You know, if they were a problem, then it'd be a problem. But they're yeah. not a problem in any of these. Any of these, like I, I can't say like this person doesn't deserve. Like they just straight up shouldn't be in this movie. Like, I can't say that. So, you know, it's. I mean, it's not. But it's weird. It is weird. I agree with people that say it's weird. It's definitely weird. But it doesn't bother me to the point where like it's an issue. So the movie ends with, uh, them you know reaching the high evolutionary, um. You know, with Rocket and uh, Rocket, you know, in high being, you know, first of all, Rocket seeing the imprisoned animals and seeing the, you know, the the, the animals that look like him, and seeing that they're called raccoons, uh, and Rocket, you know, for all the time saying, "I'm not a raccoon, don't call me that," probably because he just didn't know what a raccoon was. But really think about it, he's never been on Earth, really, or not for very long. The very few limited scenes he had in, uh, you know, in Infinity War and Endgame. And he sees that they're raccoons, and they're also in prison. And he meets a high evolutionary who tries to, you know, have this final, you know, confrontation with him. Until the guardians came, help him out and take out the, uh, the the high evolutionary. Now Rocket has a chance to kill him, as <laughs> Drax and the whole team pretty much wants him to do. Have they have they now known what Rocket has been through? And uh, Rocket says, "No, I I can't do that because I'm a guardian of the galaxy," which. Uh, it just says really a lot about his growth. I think Rocket, even last movie, you know, Guardians two or one, would have had no problem just smoking him. But um, just the growth he he had, he had been through during this time, and the pride he takes in being a Guardian of the Galaxy at this point in his life, uh, lends him to not want to take out uh, the High Evolutionary. So 
as the ship is being kind of demolished because the, the high evolutionary is, is going by all means, regardless of the fact that he's been outflanked and, and regardless of the fact that he, he's, he's been outmanned at this point, he's still, you know, doing all it takes to try to get to Rocket because he's trying to settle this beef because of the damaging, the scarring that we see from him. We uh, that Rocket caused during the first confrontation when uh, he killed his friends. It leads to kind of like a a Noah's Ark kind of situation where it's like get all the kids, get all the animals, get them on on the ship. And uh, though it was tough sledding, and they get them all, it looked like Star Lord maybe the guy that wouldn't make it as he's sitting out there in the space as he tries to make the jump from one ship to ship. And it's Adam Warlock who comes in, saves him, and uh, and, and saves the Guardians. So that leaves everybody together on nowhere where they now have to decide kind of what their plans are next and it essentially starts with all of them saying it's time for them to leave you know quill says you know look what between what mantis been saying what everybody's been saying and the closure i have like it is time for me to go back to earth you know uh mantis early in the movie said you know how do you have a grandpa you never even like talked to him or, or met him or anything or not seen him since you were a kid so, you know, Quill says, I got to go back to Earth and see my grandpa, which was very touching. Um, you know, Nebula says, it's time for me to, you know, take ownership of this city, really kind of take care of this city. And, you know, seeing how Drax, who at times was a liability because of, you know, him being Drax, seeing how well he was with those children who were um, who, who were being imprisoned, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's Nebula says, I need you here, Drax, to to help you know raise these kids as a dad because she said I, i've learned that you're not meant to be the destroyer you're meant to be a father which is again very touching line mantis says it's time for her to go out and find what she wants to do because all she's done is do the things that other people wanted her to do and she said needs to go on her own path so you know essentially these rockets saying what the hell that means everybody's gone everybody's leaving and that's when uh, peter quill says no it's time for you to be the new leader of the guardians and that's essentially kind of where the movie ends. Uh, we hear Groot, you know, for the first time, the audience is able to understand Groot, which I thought was really neat by uh, James Gunn to kind of put that in there. That wasn't necessarily Groot talking in like a normal human language or anything. That was us as an audience being able to understand Groot the way uh, everyone in the Guardians understands Groot, the way Gamora finally got to understand Groot by the end of the movie, which is also, I think, a really nice touch. So that's how the movie ends. Um, everybody going their separate ways. We have a mid credit scene. That shows Rocket, as Kendall mentioned, with the new Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, that includes Cosmo, Kraglin, Adam Warlock, and Fila, who's one of the rescued children. And then, um, and in the post-credit scene, you see uh, <laughs> you see Star Lord eating breakfast with his uh, grandpa, who he meets in in one of the last scenes, or reunites with in one of the last scenes. You see him read a paper that talks about you know <laughs> Kevin uh, Bacon talking about his journey to space. In, in Alien Invasion, which is, of course, from the holiday special. So, Sham, how did you feel about how this movie wrapped up? Um, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, so, no crying in the post-credits, but I thought it was fitting, with given the, the movie we just saw, it would have felt kind of forced, and especially considering, of course, all the Jonathan Major stuff going on. Um, and it was just a good ending. Like I said, it was very neat clean ending um you know rocket leading the guardians i'm here for it a lot of things that you know i guess remain to be seen i don't know if or when you know we're going to see that guardian scene but 
Um, it did note that Star Lord is going to be back, so we'll yes. see Star Lord again. The the legendary Star Lord, as they call it. Yes, the legendary Star Lord. So we'll see Star Lord again um, soon enough. And uh, yeah, but it was it was a good ending. It was a good ending. Sad to see the team break up, but you kind of knew that was going to happen. This being Gunn's last Guardians movie, so um, but I enjoyed the ending. How do you feel about how things are wrapped up here, Kendall? Um, I, for the most part, liked it. You know, a little bit of mixed feelings just because, you know, the movie's good. But obviously, it's, it's a, you know, it's one of those where everybody's going to another chapter. Uh, I feel like um, what I loved about the ending is that when we're when we're closing off the chapter of a team movie like this, there's so much of the the you know who's gonna die you know it was something we could have asked going into this movie which who's gonna die because you know somebody's gotta die in this movie and nobody did you know i mean everybody's still intact by the end of the movie and um you know they just but they're not the guardians of the galaxy anymore they they all separate they all go their their, their separate ways and take their own journey so i think that that um for a movie that was already dark in its own right did not need somebody to die you know it's, yeah. you know it's like we talked about a little bit with, with wakanda forever where they sometimes felt like there was you know a movie that already had its own you know uh trauma it was just like let's add more and pour some more gasoline on it and this and that um this movie didn't necessarily take that direction and i think sometimes there is value in just giving the fans what they want i almost feel like in the one sense like this was maybe one of the few times where like you know, I was kind of rooting for Rocket. Yeah, take out, take out this high evolutionary guy. I mean, this is one <laughs> yeah. of those guys where it's like he does not need to be around. I know, but, yeah. You know, but I will give Marvel credit because I mean, how many how many times have we said you know you can't you got to stop killing all good villains? Yeah. You know, now, you, do you, mean, do you guys think be, that he, you guys think he's alive? We never saw him get off the ship, but we never saw. Him we never him. saw, but you know, like, yeah, exactly. Who knows? You know, they can, maybe they maybe can, they maybe, 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 a, maybe a Kang variant came in and saved them. <laughs> Teleported, you never know. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think that the uh, I, the the Star Lord post credit scene is interesting because, I mean, they they do highlight that he will return. They don't they necessarily say the Guardians of the Galaxy will return, which is interesting. Yeah, um, you know, I, I mean, I you don't have that post credit scene unless you unless you think that they're going to be back. Um, Rocket being the leader is is is, is great. Reminds me a lot of. I mean, a lot of I know Shamari will remember Shaolin Showdown when Raymundo comes the leader at the end. You know, yes. Yes. Uh, and that, that, that you know, it's kind of like someone who's on the periphery that we weren't necessarily expecting. But um, yeah, but don't yeah, no. What you say? Well, I was like, but don't hate it. Yeah, exactly. But then you, you in, in hindsight, you're like, yeah, this makes total sense based on what we've seen. Um, you know, I told you, I told you guys earlier. I I don't like this Guardians group right now. Um, you know, it, it feels very much like, you know, like the Brooklyn Nets post Durant, Irving, and and Harden. You know, I, I, like, I think some I, of his, some of his teams got to grow though. Because I mean, like I like you Rocket. Know, you got Rocket. Groot is growing. Um, Fee Lavelle, who I feel like we haven't really talked much about, but she's the young girl. I mean, she's a a powerful hero and a member of the Guardians of the Galaxy in the comics. He's just right now a child. So uh, yeah. she's, you know, but, she's, and, I, and, that, and that's one where it's like, 
she's got her own character, but obviously there's no there's nothing that that we've seen that's going to give me any confidence right now. You know, they I mean, she didn't have any lines, you know, um in the movie. Uh but I but I do get your point. Like there I mean there are there are Adam Warlock's Adam Warlock, you know, again that's the character. Yeah, yeah, Adam Warlock really is, in his in his in his infancy. Um but I almost honestly I think they would have been better off like not showing us a team. And like I'm cool with the team. And saying I, like I, it's, I'm cool it's with kind the of team. saying like Rocket is off doing recruiting people and who knows who it winds up being. You know, that's to be determined, but I just felt like there was a, a need for them to say we've got some guardians out there. And again, maybe it's a preliminary group, but like I like Yeah, I don't I don't think that if we ever see a Guardians fragment. film again or a Guardian a movie where the Guardians are heavily featured, I don't think that that will be the team. I don't think yeah, I don't think, I don't think there's any way Kraglin will remain on the team. Kraglin is like the the NASA's out to the Koopo. Like as soon as Giannis, I, I Giannis is gone, he's he's off the team. Yeah. Right. And like they, they clearly, I think they just felt the need. Like, well, if we're gonna have a Guardians group, like we just gotta have the people that were in this movie. You know, like yeah, these were the people that were in the movie that could theoretically make sense as being a part of it. Which you know, I'm fine with. I, I will say the last thing is that I think that the, what intrigues me about the possibility because people are asking what are the possibilities for Will? Obviously, he could just join the Avengers. Um, you know that's that's a possibility, but I really think that they didn't tease it in this movie. But him, like sort of mentoring Nova, could be a really good role as well. Like, uh, if that's the direction that they eventually want to go, that could be really cool. Uh, let's do let's do uh, let's do uh, ratings. So I give it to you, Sham. Out of ten, what are you giving Guardians of the Galaxy? Um, I'll give Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Um, I'll give it a nine out of ten. I mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. It was a, I there was, I was really, really enjoyed the movie. It is a very good movie. It is up there in the whatever upper echelon of Marvel Studios movies. This was a, this was a win. This was a, this was a more than just a base hit. This was a double, triple. You know, whatever you call it, you know, maybe even a home run, not a grand slam, but it was a, it's a very good movie. Marvel definitely needed this, just a good, solid Guardians movie. So I give it a nine out of ten. What about you, Kendall? Uh, I'm gonna go eight out of ten. I thought that this was a, uh, I agree with Shamar. I thought this was a very good movie. Um, you know, uh, I like. I don't remember. I mean, I, I I don't think I gave Doctor Strange an eight. Uh, you know, I probably gave Spider Man like a nine or something like that. But um, maybe I gave Black Panther an eight. But you know, eights have been kind of hard to come by for Marvel, at least on my in my in my scale, because um, again, that's that's not been easy. Um, you know, I thought that this movie, while you know, you know, I mentioned some stuff that you know may have had some flaws. All the major stuff that it had to accomplish, it, it did. It, it acted as an excellent end to a trilogy. Um, you know, I think that this, I think this is, might be the. You could argue this is the best. Uh, no, I mean I, I would like I like Spider Man better, but 
you know, outside of Spider-Man No Way Home, this might have been the best third movie, you know, of a trilogy. I mean, I love Civil War as well, but like, you know, um, it's not great. You only give it an you only give it an eight. eight. I mean, eight's a, eight's a good score, man. I mean, it's like a you score. Know, I, just, I just feel like, considering how the praise you're putting on it as a third movie of a trilogy, you're talking about Civil War and some of the best movie Marvel's ever had. You only give it an eight. Just saying. Mar- 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 Marvel's had, Marvel had a good. Uh, yeah, Marvel. Marvel's at a good point, and it's uh, you know it's at a low point. But you know, yeah, I mean, it's got is it top ten? I, I don't know if it's top ten. Is it top? It's probably top fifteen Marvel movie. Um. You know, and that that might it probably winds up at around an eight, but I but but no, I mean I thought it was a very good movie nonetheless. Um and you know, I think that this is one of those movies where you, you just you go back and you're just like, you know, best villain of the trilogy. Um in this one in Guardians One, you could debate which one's the best one in my at least in my in my opinion. Um but yeah. Yeah, I just and, and we talked about the, the fight scene at the end. I mean, a lot of memorable moments. Uh so yeah, I mean this is this is definitely a return to form for Marvel. Um I wouldn't go as far as to say that like me personally, Guardians is my favorite trilogy, I would say it's Captain America, but I will say um I also wouldn't necessarily go as far as to say that this movie like changes my uh outlook for like the D C you know, universe after seeing James Gunn's latest movie, like, I don't think I'm just like, well, now the Superman is going to be incredible. But, um, but nonetheless, very good job from 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 James Gunn, uh, and you know, it's got me got me excited for these kind of movies. You know, you know, keeps me excited for these kind of movies going forward. Yeah, I mean, in some ways, I think y'all do got to put some respect on James Gunn's name. I mean, he's taking a lot of arrows for uh, how the DC. New DC Universe is starting, but like I mean, you kind of were reminded with this film. This guy's a great filmmaker, um, and and I'll give this movie, I'll give it a nine. Uh, I feel like if this movie was like fifteen minutes shorter, it might have got a nine point five. I think this is a, a pretty stellar film. Um, action hits, emotion, maybe one of the most emotional movies Marvel has done. I mean, you got besides maybe Wakanda Forever, maybe Endgame. And maybe Infinity War and No Way Home. Like these, I mean, I mean, we're talking about some of the most emotional movies Marvel's done. Some of the biggest movies Marvel's done. The fact that we're putting something like this, you know, Civil War in there, you're putting something like Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three in there. That's a pretty, you know, impressive class. Uh, the Rocky storyline was so heartbreaking, so emotional, but so well done. Action sequences hit. Jokes were really good. Um, it just it, the movie had everything. It was a it was it's a complete. The movie is a five-tool player. It, it, it does all things. It, it, it gives you emotion. It gives you action. It gives you drama. gives you everything you would want in a film. Um, and the most important thing, which was the question I kept asking, you know, because I wasn't that excited about a third Guardians of the movie, Guys of the movie. I said that a bunch of times on this podcast. But one thing I said was, you know, give me a reason why I should care about Guardians Volume 3. Give me a reason I should care to see these characters, given what I've seen from them recently because we've seen them quite a bit we saw them in two avengers movies we saw them in the holiday special we saw them in thor so like i just feel like some of these things were fun some of them were okay like i I needed a reason to really kind of want to really wrap my arms around these characters in this film and 
man, they give you a reason to care about these characters. It's okay at this point where you're you're almost like crying for them because you just want them to get out okay, and, and, and you see the pain that they've gone through, particularly Rocket. So, um, yeah, I, I really stellar job by James Gunn and the whole crew around. I'm giving this a, a nine out of ten. And I think that's gonna be a good place to leave it. So I want to thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of uh, of New Generation Hero Talk. Our Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Uh, uh, recap review show of course you can catch these episodes wherever you get uh your your podcasts including spotify apple Podcasts, soundcloud stitcher and TuneIn. also be sure to check out our youtube page new generation media make sure you follow us individually on social media you can find me ej underscore stewart on twitter and actually ej on instagram and tiktok kennel can be found on twitter new gen ken Shamar can be found on twitter uh, excuse me on, on instagram and snapchat mc 22 and follow uh, the podcast on social media as well. You can find us on Twitter, New Generation Pod, Instagram, New Generation Podcast, and on Facebook as well, New Generation Media. Thank you guys again so much for checking us out. For Shamari, for Kendall, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.